Chick-fil-A is delicious, but I know it's not actually fried in anointing oil. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. We got all three of us back in the studio today. We got Rachel, James, and Corey. Although I, although I heard it, I was on the chopping block. I heard, <laughs> I heard it was close that I wasn't coming back. I, Rob, you Rob know, was out here trying down, to take huh? folks' jobs, man. Rob held it down. Rob was a Rob was a fan. Fa- well, he did begin with bacon. Yeah. So yeah, bacon. Yeah, that's true. Also, I, I just want to make the note: the last time Corey was in here, he told everyone that he took his shoes off. He is in fact wearing them today. So. He did not go barefoot in the studio. And they're fresh. He's repping Barbara. I'm saying, what's up? The purple and white, indeed. (laughs) I'm saying. All right, so listen, what I want to know, as we're kicking things off, is what is something that you know to be true that you wish was not true? Mm. Yikes. Mm. What is something you know to be true that you wish was not true? Well, man, uh, goodness gracious, this just hits me in such a real way today, especially. (laughs) My thing to do, my way to deal with stress is to eat. I, I stress yeah. eat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And just recently have I come to like a spiritual point where I'm like, oh, my stress eating is a problem. I need to get that under control. So I've been trying to like my best to submit that to Jesus. And I've been on like this like journey with my weight. And quite literally, like I want nothing more right now. Than a whole bucket of wings from roosters. I'm talking about. I'm talking so about. Specific. I'm talking about. Oh, we're gonna get more specific. I'm talking about that hot garlic. I'm talking about that medium garlic. Yeah. The Brotherhood official. Yeah. The Brotherhood like official. the officially endorsed yes, flavor. That's right. Roosters will mix those joints together every Super Bowl Sunday. Every man. Super Bowl Sunday. It used to be just every week. Yeah. While Mil- <laughs> while Milford was happening, we was at the roosters. That was when we were all a little bit thinner. A little bit yeah. thinner. We could metabolize that. We could metabolize that. <laughs> I want those rooster's wings, all drumsticks, the whole, the all whole 25, all drums. all drums, the 25 order. I wish in my heart, it's true that like those wings are making me feel better. But the truth is while they may make me emotionally feel better, <laughs> they're actually physically making me feel bad. Yeah. I wish it was true that like wings were, uh, that wings were healthy that it was great to eat a chicken, like, that it was great to eat mass amounts of fried chicken wings while sitting and watching sports. Amen. Like, Amen. I, I wish that was true. Sadly, so says my doctor. Yeah. And my pants. That is not true. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I can fit back into them now. And Thank our, you. And our basement toilet also. Oh my, oh, my gosh. The basement <laughs> bathroom used to get lit up. <laughs> Shout out to the basement bathroom at Milford. <laughs> Shout out, to, shout out to Big Hair, the new owner of the Milford House. <laughs> Big Hair, you have only Rachel to think that there's not a urinal in there. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. We tried real we tried hard. Real no, hard. you were never putting a urinal in my house. I can't believe you guys are still on I that. know that to be true, but I wish it wasn't. I wish no. it wasn't. They tried so hard. Listen, listen. These They tried to steal a urinal. They tried to take it. Like, stealing. I mean, I, they're still right over there. Yeah. yeah I can walk into there. them right now. Oh, yeah. They're still there. They tried 
where to take a urinal. It, oh my gosh, it is. It's in the hallway out there. I didn't even yeah. realize that. Yeah. They tried to take a urinal from the Martin Center and install it in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> that is what these men tried to do. I mean, it's do. not like we could have installed it. Yeah, no. right. We needed expert help. Oh, yeah, I forgot you tried good. to do that. That's a good answer. Food is a, uh, all types of food. Is Yo, a good all answer. types of food. Like, yeah, ribs. Yeah, that's a good answer. Man, honestly, like when you were talking, I was trying not to think of something like that's like borderline like sentimental, you know, Mm -hmm. because like I feel like I'm at this phase of life now where I'm like I'm like mourning a lot of things where um, that I know like I know what I know to be true is that something is never coming back or that a season of life or a relationship or whatever is cherished. And I know that to be true, but I really, I really wish it wasn't mm-hmm. like, man, I really wish like, like certain shows that I loved. Like, it's like when you watch the last season, you're like, I know, I know that this is the end, but I'm like pretending and holding in my heart that they're going to like bring it back like one Reboot. more time. You Friday know what I'm saying? Lights. Like, no, not. Well, I mean, I'd be down for that. Friday Night Lights is so I'd be good. down for that. But like, I know that it's over. Like, yeah, that's what, so that's what Rachel was watching the, you know, her last month of pregnancy and when PJ was first born was Friday Night Lights. And she's like, I know that this is over, but like, I, like you just blissfully live and pretend like it's not, Yeah. you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at like family dynamics and I'm like, dang, like we had the conversation the other day. Like, I guess you really never know, like, when the last time is the last time, you know, sometimes, like, for family gatherings or other things. And I'm like, dang, we really, like, we really might have got, got together with, like, family, um, certain parts of our family, like, for the last time. And, uh, you know, that's the that stuff is hard. So, yeah, man, like, the season that I'm in, sorry to bring it down like that, but, like, the Not season sure, that I'm bro. in, like, I'm, I'm mourning, I'm mourning heroes, I'm mourning artists, I'm mourning uh shows and a morning family like like you never know you never know and like sometimes like you really like know it to be true like dang that's really over and it's really not coming back but like that doesn't make it any easier to deal with mm-hmm. like truth really hurts like that sometimes yeah i'm kind of in the same camp as both of you i don't feel like i have anything new to add uh as far as like things i know to be true that i wish weren't um So really, I'm just going to jump right into what we're talking about today. And that's like truth versus our feelings. Um, That's something I know that sounds like kind of harsh, like truth over feelings. But it's really it's really true. And like right now, um, you know, I'm, I'm three months postpartum with our last kid and. For me, that's always such a toss up, like what it's going to be like Mm -hmm. after the kid's born. And um, and this time around, it's it's been so weird for me. And I've had to have literal discussions with myself of truth versus feelings. And and it's been real strange, you know, like the last time I hit um, some postpartum lows was after our second child was born. Um, I, I really struggled a lot after she was born and there was a lot of chaos like happening in our lives at that time. And so it was really easy to let my feelings, um, eat me alive, so to speak, like let those postpartum lows, like really eat me alive. Um, but you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's one of the tools that you guys use with giant where you talk about how, like every time you, you come around to a situation uh, that you faced before, like if, you know, if, if your life is a mountain and you're circling around it, you're going to hit the same plane 
um, you're going to hit the same plane every time you circle around the mountain, but you've got the experiences of the time before. And so, you know, with, with, uh, this baby, I knew like, Hey, you know, we don't know what it's going to be like, but I've got the wisdom of the time before. Well, this time around, man, it's been so weird because my life like is so much calmer than which is odd because we got a fourth kid. Uh, my life is so much calmer, but I still keep hitting these lows. And so I have to like talk to myself and be like, hey, you feel sad right now, but like, let's talk about the truth of what's actually happening in your life. It's that idea in scripture that they talk about with like taking every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I I will feel like I feel like so content with my life right now, with my work, with my kids, with my marriage, with our with our home, with everything. But like for some reason, I'm like, why do I feel so sad right now? And I can let those feelings like start to eat me. Mm-hmm. Or I can combat them with truth. Like, hey, you feel this way, but here's the reality. Like, you feel like this, this, or this is happening, but the reality is that things are good. Things are calm. Nobody's mad at you. Like, the things that you're sitting at home stewing about, Mm -hmm. nobody else is even... Actually, you just played out an entire fake scenario that that never never happened happened in your mind. And, And so it's like it's taking truth over feelings and that's that's been like the big complex yeah. thing that i've been working through lately yeah no i agree with you i'm i'm a spiraler you know yeah. I, i'm 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 a person who like gets one negative thought and it turns into a negative scenario mm-hmm. and it turns into like my doom yeah Qu- and it happens quick yeah it happens quick um and um and one of the things that i've had to do my best you know to echo what you're saying like to to cling to is like okay mm-hmm. stop Try and like try and focus on breathing and the things that I know to be true. Yeah. Because I will start to paint an entirely alternative reality for myself. It's like my it's like my brain goes into the multiverse and I like convince myself of like other dimensions where I'm actually existing and I'm not. And um and it and it can change my entire mood or my entire approach to something depending on like the picture that I'm painting for myself in my head. And in those moments I have to like cling tightly, like and stop and be like, okay, start to state the things that are true. And specifically what I mean is the things that I know to be true of God. Yeah. Right. The things that I know to be true of, uh, of God in terms of, you know, if I, if I believe that if you are, uh, if you are repentant, Mm -hmm. um, if you have turned away from transgressions, then I believe the psalm that tells us that our sins are as far from us as the east is from the west. The east and the west will never actually touch, which means like those past transgressions will never actually touch. Um, They're not a part of our present reality, but we convince ourselves that like something is after us or that or that we're still paying this penalty for. And like the reality is like we're just still carrying guilt and shame from past things that God has long since let go. And I know that to be true of him. And I know that he is he is somebody who who restores and that this lie that's circulating in my head is keeping me from restoration. So I know that it must not be true, that what is true is that God forgives and that God moves forward and that god restores um but uh but i'm actually anxious anxious when you brought this up my very first thought (laughs) when you texted in the group text i stopped and i waited for james to respond (laughs) because 
I don't know like how many how many of y'all know this, but in college, uh, via one of our professors, James and I earned ourselves the nicknames Grace and Truth. <laughs> he was Grace, I was Truth, right? So I I love to lead with the hard truth. I love to lead with the sharp like. Well, that's because that's because you're being an idiot. That's because this is true. Like da da da. da. And James was like much more gracious and in tune uh, uh, and intuitive towards like people's feelings. So similar to similar to how I responded in the group text, I kind of want to like take a back seat right now and like I really want to I really want to hear from hear from Grace uh, on this one. Truth over feelings. Yeah, indeed. The same professor called me a gracist. <laughs> I don't. Which is not a compliment. It's not. Com- what, yeah. It's not a compliment. Yeah. He he called me. He called me. A, he called me a gracist, and he's right. And like through a decade of self reflection, like because I because I know me, and I know I will jack it up, and that I need grace. I sometimes overtly extend grace to others, hoping that they will extend like that same grace to me, knowing that I'll fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. But like. With that, that same professor, man, shout out BQ. If you know, you know. <laughs> shout out Big BQ. Mm-hmm. Wherever you at, man. I hope you playing a banjo or something. Oh, I hope he's doing great. Big homie. But I was in a difficult discipleship situation with a student at the ministry I was serving at that time. And I came to I came to Big BQ, and I was like, yo, man, what do I do? And he looked at me, and he said, there's three sides to every situation. He said... There's two perspectives in the truth. He was like, your duty is to guide people towards the truth. Mm. And I think like, man, shout out to BQ, because that was like revolutionary for me at that time. And it's revolutionary to me now. There's three sides to every situation. And it's two sides in the truth. And the difficulty is like perception really is reality. So what we perceive to be true in most situations, like to us is reality and it is true. But the hard thing is like a different person can perceive that same situation in a different way and that be reality to him. And Mm -hmm. I think like what we have to do as Christians is try our best to like divorce perception from truth and know that our perception Mm -hmm. is slanted that we're broken people that it's like contextual to us and to open ourselves up to like the truth, the truth of situations. And most times for me, like the way that I feel, the way that I feel is the only thing that I believe is truth. When in all actuality, like and marriage has taught me this big time. Like, yeah, the way I feel is only like a small part of the pie. Yeah. Like, it's a small part of the pie. So I think as a gracious, like, it's important for me to, like, personally, like, lean into truth. It's important for me to personally lean into truth. I think, like, an example of that that, like, I can take from Scripture. You look at John chapter 11, the famous passage of Jesus saying like for me like the most chilling of his i am statements like i am the resurrection and the life Mm -hmm. but to look into that text is to really look into like martha teaching us what that really means Mm -hmm. like man to say that martha wasn't one of the disciples of jesus man martha actually like 
yeah. has it together in a real deep and beautiful way in this passage. Like a brother Lazarus dies, they call for Jesus, and Lazarus big dies. And she says to Jesus in that passage, like, Jesus, if you were here, like my brother wouldn't have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you see her feeling her feelings. Jesus, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. And I feel like for all of us, we have these situations where like things happen that we don't like or things happen that we do like, but they make us feel some kind of way. What's dope about that text is that Jesus doesn't condemn her for her feelings. Yeah. Jesus invites her to feel her feelings. And it says that Jesus doesn't only invite her to feel her feelings, but Jesus weeps with them in that text. Yeah. So Jesus is not only inviting us to feel our feelings, but Jesus is feeling those feelings with us because Jesus knows what it means. Hebrews teaches us that he experienced the human gamut of emotions. We have a high priest who knows what it's like to be human. But at the same time, like Martha in that text is so striking. Mm hmm. She says at the very same time, a few verses down, I know that he will raise in the last day from the dead. So her belief in the truth, her belief in the resurrection is there. Mm -hmm. She believes that like on the last day, he's going to raise from the dead. So what she's been taught is central there. But at the same time, she feels her feelings. Yep. Yeah. She's sad. Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. She's sad. And it's an example of her like feeling her feelings and Jesus not condemning her for that, but her clinging the truth at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think like in all life situations, that's really what we're being called to do. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the phrase that you always say? I think it was like one of your aunts or your grandma that said it. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Nah, I was, uh, that's that's father Brian Zahn. Yeah. Brian Zahn. Yeah. If you, but if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. And like that, what the way that Jesus responded to Martha is the way that God consistently responds to people in the Old Testament. Like we talked about Elijah last, I've been talking Mm -hmm. about Elijah everywhere. Um, We talked about Elijah on the last podcast. And when Elijah in first Kings 19, so they do the, the amazing, like God does this amazing display of who he is. And then, um, 450 false prophets are killed. And then Elijah gets threatened by Jezebel. And now he's like out by himself and he's so exhausted and so depleted that this man who knows that God hears everything he says, and he's such a prominent figure of the old testament cries out to god and says let me just die like he's so exhausted and he's so done that he says to god let me just die like please just take me off this planet and you have to be Mm -hmm. in a state of depression to say something like that Mm. like your feelings are so at the surface and overwhelming Mm -hmm. if you're saying something like that and what does god do god so gently like response to Elijah. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't yell at him. He doesn't say like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We just did all these amazing things. And now you want to tell me like, he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. He tells Elijah, go to sleep. And Elijah goes to sleep. And when Elijah wakes up in the middle of a drought, God provided a glass of water and he provided bread and and he gave Elijah a snack. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, perhaps, you're hungry and perhaps you need some rest. 
And so he gives him food and he gives him rest. And how, like, I mean, just how gentle is that? He doesn't rebuke Elijah. Mm-hmm. He handles him so gently and and allows Elijah to feel his feelings. Like what mm-hmm. you're saying, Jesus did to Martha. Because all three parts of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have the exact same character. Like we don't need to view Jesus as as gentle and level-headed and then view God as angry and wrathful. They're the same. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so if Jesus can handle our feelings and if God can handle them, then why not present them, feel them and present them and then allow his truth to speak to them? Yeah, you know, in my minor prophets class at CVCA, we just like, we read Habakkuk mm. this week. And as you like go through Habakkuk, it's absolutely, the first two like scenes in Habakkuk are absolutely wild. Yep. Because what you find Habakkuk doing, it's like, it's Hebrew lament on a different level. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk is angry and upset with God. And to just read it flat out, man, he's justifiable. Like the Chaldeans, a.k.a. Babylonians, are like ravishing them. He sees it and he's like, God, all this injustice is happening around me. God, all of these things are happening. These people who you say you love are being like ravished. God, what's going on? And he's asking him this over and over and over again. And like a point that we came to today in class, it was wild, like it was unplanned, but I just had to kind of like preach to him for a few minutes. Lament doesn't answer our questions. Mm-hmm. And it's not meant to answer our questions. And I think like sometimes we don't go into spaces or lament or we don't show God our real and true selves because we want to answer. Like we want the answer to why this happens. But I think like what's powerful about feeling our feelings, but still leaning into truth is that, man, I told him like in lament, like God doesn't answer the question why he answers the question who mm. he doesn't answer the question why, but he answers the question who you may not get the answer to why that bad thing happened. Mm-hmm. You may not get the answer. Uh, Martha doesn't get the answer to why. like Jesus. You could have come. Yeah. Why'd you take your time? Why'd you take your time? Yep. You don't get the answer to why, but man, she got the answer to who. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus is saying to all of us, like, I am the resurrection and the life. The answer you're looking for is actually here. It's actually here that you'll find healing. It's actually here that you'll find purpose. It's actually here that you'll find out that, man, there's a grand narrative happening and that God is working all things together for our good, even when it doesn't feel good. He's working it together for our good. And I think, yeah, there is magic in leaning into like, yeah, I'm going to feel my full gamut of emotions to be in a relationship with someone and to not ever like see all sides of them is to not be in a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. God wants to be in a relationship with us. So he wants to see all of our sides, like our rational, emotional side, our unfiltered side, our angry side, man, he wants to see all of that because he desires to be in relationship with us. But 
truth doesn't change. The truth doesn't change. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, that's just so uncomfortable. And there's so many ways that this can, like, that this can be applied uh, that is difficult to pick an appropriate pathway in this exact moment. Like, that's that's the hard thing is I think that in order in order to fit like the comfort that we perceive that we need, sometimes we can't we can't understand how the truth of Jesus fits the comfort that we need. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we what we do is we try to like we try to make the truth this thing that can be like moldable to fit like the size hole in our heart. Um, when in reality, like the it's it's. It's not comfort, but the truth that that sets us free. Yeah, you're exactly right. It isn't it isn't our feelings. It's truth that is going to bring freedom in our lives. And so I have to pose the question. I have to pose the question. How do we discern the difference between our feelings and truth? Because as James said earlier, our, our perceptions are realities. So how do we discern the difference between what is just our feelings and our perception and what is truth? Well, the first thing, the first thing that you have to ask yourself and, you know, for, for believers, uh, believers of the way, I would hope that is the first assumption. But first you got to ask yourself where you're getting your truth from. Yeah. Right. And in all moments of life, um, I choose to receive my truth from Jesus, Come on. from the God revealed in Scripture and in the person of Jesus and through the spirit that I believe to be alive within me. That is where I receive my truth. And the, you know, so then that kind of gets into the hard thing of like, well, how do we know, like, well, how do we know, like, what? he what's what's his voice right so i talked earlier about like spiraling when you're spiraling it's difficult to discern voices Mm. you hear a lot of voices it's difficult to discern like what's you know what's god what's you know and one of the so this is a this is a cheat code that that i may have shared here before i've definitely shared it uh on a sunday before but uh the cheat code that i go off of is that god doesn't say anything to you now that he hasn't said before uh, as recorded in scripture, as revealed in the person of Jesus, as, as inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? So if the voice that you're hearing is not consistent with the God we read in scripture, if, the, if, the, if what you are feeling and believing is not consistent with the person we get to know in Jesus— if what you're feeling and believing is not affirmed by his Holy Spirit, then it is not from God. Like, that is not truth that he, that he is delivering, right? He has given it to us in multiple palatable ways. Um, and it's for us to get to know him in seasons beyond just crisis, right? In seasons beyond, like, hurt feelings. It's for us to get to know him because the, the closer we get to know him, the the I don't want to say easier, but like the clearer we can hear and discern Mm -hmm. the truth, right? Even in really messy societal situations. And when you have one one side of the room all up in arms about one thing and the other side of the room all up in arms and and the other thing, the, the closer you know 
the God as revealed in Jesus, the easier and clearer you can hear the truth in even the messiest of situations. Absolutely. And I feel like as Christians, sometimes like it even gets fishy for us, even though we can hold scripture up. Like I came from like a deep Pentecostal tradition and like, yeah, I can think of now like words from the Lord that were given to like me or like some of my cousins. Some of them are true. Praise God. Some of them were just evidently not true. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there was some prophet lying jokers, <laughs> some chicken eating prophet lying jokers. <laughs> <laughs> that was just yeah, brothel lion. But I think, but I think there's like there's deep wisdom, and man, this is growth. Anyone who knows me and my theological preferences, this is growth. Like what John Calvin says is true: the language of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Scripture. Yeah, Amen. There is no word from God, from the Holy Spirit, that is going to go against something that is in the Holy Scripture. That's right. They just, that, that it doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which points us to the fact that the Trinity that eternally exists as one God and three distinct persons is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is not going to tell us something different than the word that the Holy Spirit inspired. So I think a great litmus test too is like, man, are those voices that you're hearing, like, can they be confirmed? Mm Mm-hmm in scripture mm-hmm. and if not that might be bad pizza and that might be that's bad pizza that's bad pizza John. <laughs> yeah. you know i think um i think about like some of the some of the lies that will make me spiral mm-hmm. like some of the lies that i feel like i hear whispered in my ear on my low days that make me spiral. And the thing about them is that they're never obvious. They're always there. There's always just enough truth in them Mm -hmm. to make them seem believable. Mm -hmm. And that is what Satan does. You know, like we, when we look at, uh, when we look at the passage where Jesus is in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. Satan doesn't create all new things that he says to Jesus. He takes scripture and twist it just enough that it sounds believable. Come on now. And so if we don't know what if we don't know what the Bible says and we don't know what the full truth is, then we settle for the half truth because it seems like enough. And and sometimes the half truth feels comfortable and we'd rather believe a comfortable half truth than an uncomfortable whole truth. And so we have to become people who aren't willing to settle for Mm half-truths. We have to become people who would rather sit in an uncomfortable whole truth and unpack that and become whole people than people who would rather sit in our very comfortable half-truths. Those half-truths are so tempting. Like, I mean, I mean... When Satan tempts Jesus, he tempts him by saying, I'll give you everything that you see in front of you. I'll give you this whole world. Who doesn't that sound comfortable to, right? Who wouldn't want to settle for it? But Jesus has the bigger picture, and he knows the kingdom that God is offering. And he knows that to give him everything he can see is to lose all of the goodness of the unseen in the kingdom of God that is to come. Mm -hmm. Right? 
And so we can't be people willing to settle for what we see. We have to believe in the uncomfortable whole truth and be willing to pursue that. Because when you're sitting, when you're sitting in a mentally dark place and you're spiraling, the truth feels a little bit uncomfortable. But it's so much better than to sit in that spiraling place. How does Paul say it in Colossians? He says, uh, don't be fooled by arguments that sound reasonable. Mm. Right? He's not talking about the things that we can easily look at and be like, nah, that's foolish. Like he's talking about he's talking about the things that you're like, that actually fits. Yeah. Like that hits me in the feels. I I want that. I want that to be true. But the trick, the trick of these philosophies and arguments that sound reasonable and hit us in the feels. It keeps us from what God intends for us. It keeps us from the person he intended us to be, the person we would be in the Garden of Eden, the person we will be in the day of glory. It keeps us from that. And it keeps us, it keeps us down. It keeps us in our it keeps us in our feelings. Yeah. Right? And that may produce number one albums. But it's not getting you Chill any closer to Jesus. You did not have to do that. <laughs> he's he's in my feelings. It's, it's, I, I mean, we're all in our feelings listening to singing Drake again. Yeah, don't Drake and drive. And what's so real about this, Corey, and what you just said? If you go a few verses later, Paul and Colossians is going to talk about our language and our speech being seasoned with salt. Mm-hmm. And salt in the first century world is used for two particular things. Is used to preserve. So like there's not like electric refrigerators. So salt is used to preserve meat and salt is used to preserve things and to keep things fresh. But salt is also used to give flavor. And if you look at grace and truth, that's exactly what you have is truth that preserves us. Mm-hmm. It's the truth of God's resurrection from the dead, which is the vindication of everything that Jesus did and said the resurrection. It's it's that that preserves us. It's that truth that preserves us. Right. But man, God wanting to be in relationship with us and to feel our feelings, man, that gives flavor to life. That's right. Mm -hmm. That we're able to feel that God doesn't desire us to be robots, that God wants to be in relationship with all the real sides of us. So as the people of God, man, grace and truth, Mm -hmm. feelings and truth. Mm -hmm. We can feel our feelings, but we can still be anchored can still be anchored in the truth the truth of god that's good news amen all right y'all we'll be back in two weeks bless up bless up bless up bless up